Sussby. Good morning, Panther Nation. This is Mr. Kelly. <laughs> Here you with your April twang. podcast. You got a good little twang in your voice. Good morning, OSSB. <laughs> this is Mr. Kelly. Well, that's a little bit too much twang. We have ourselves a couple of new mics, a couple of mic stands, a nice mixer. Just keep swimming. Hey guys, this is Julia. I have a recipe for that. I definitely remember no, you're not. The <laughs> what am I looking forward to? Swimming in the pool. I dumped a wheelbarrow and I get sawdust and clean the stalls and get the hay off the semi. To the piano, maybe? Number one, it's about organization. It was great. It was really great. I love it. I feel kind of happy. I had a great spring break. Like, I didn't even recognize it then. Started, they started laughing. They also sound like regular With Carl only a month away, preparations are already underway. Hi, my name is John Richard, and I'm the Deputy State Superintendent for the Ohio Department of Education. I am pleased to announce that we are recommending that Dr. Lou Manus be named as the full-time superintendent for the Ohio State School for the Blind. It is about school improvement and excellence and serving all of our stakeholders. We got a great podcast for you this month. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Welcome to the April podcast. We have a lot in store for you this month. Ain't that right, Mr. Kelly? That's right, Andre. As you can hear in the sound bite, we got a lot of exciting things happening this month in April. When you're walking on campus, be cautious when you're coming up the sidewalk. They're working on the gate out there about between 50 and 100 feet from the crosswalk, the first crosswalk as you're coming up from High Street. Uh, Plans are, I think, for that gate to be open on the sidewalk, but just in case it doesn't, use some good cane technique or whatever your mobility device might be. And now that we got that out the way, let's get this podcast on the road. All right. For all of you guys who's planning on attending the OSSB alumni reunion this year. Here's some important information that you may want to take note of. Registration has been moved back to May the 8th. So if you're planning on staying on campus, you want to make sure that you get your form in and you get your $90 in before May the 8th. If you don't want to stay on campus, you can pay your registration on Friday, May 31st between 12 and 5. If you need to update your contact information, get a hold of Mr. Michael Foster, and his email address is mlfoster100 at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of him by phone at 740-506-7847. Once again, his number is 740 740- Five zero six seven eight four seven. All right, up next we're going to talk about diversity. Four of our guests: Alex, Carl, Andre, and Miss Terry. So I'm here with Miss Terry, and we just finished our diversity aware meeting. Miss Terry, how you doing today? Good, good. I'm also here with Alex Schroeder. He's like our president, really. How you doing, Schroeder? I'm not going, but okay. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Terry, can you tell us what happened today? Oh. 
Sure, we did a presentation on diversity called I Am You, I Am Me for all the middle school and high school students. And I think it was well received, a lot of conversation. I think the point um, hit home very well and people, it was just a good reminder about being courteous because we're all different and we're all the same. I think people really liked it. Um, we got to do friendship bracelets, which was a huge success. Everyone loved the friendship bracelet. And we made, everyone got their chance to make one. So that was really big. And it, you know, it took a lot on our end, but it was a big success and we we're really happy. So what was the objective? Make more people open-minded. And we want people to be more accepted in our school and community. And it, you know, can follow you into a job site, career. It can go anywhere. Life. And you feel like this was a success, correct? correct? Yes. Yeah. And would you do it next year? Of course. Yes, we would. I Might hope. tweak some things, but yes, we'll do it de- uh, again next year. Yeah. I hope to be a part of that. Thank you, Miss Terry and Alex and Carl. Thank you. We're sitting here with Mrs. Bacard's six-period technology class, and we are testing out some new equipment that we have for the podcast. A big thank you and a shout out to the 21st Century Grant for getting this equipment for us. Andre, what do we have here? We have ourselves a couple of new mics, a couple of mic stands, a nice mixer, and a really cool pair of headphones. You may wanna you may wanna get a little closer to the mic. You're way back. This is these are dynamic microphones. The main thing is we can control the levels. So what we're going to do with our six-period class is we're going to go around and you're going to say who you are, your first name only. I just want you to to say one thing that you're looking forward to coming up at the end of the year because this is April. We have a little more than a month of school left. We have like a month and 15 days. Okay. Is anybody else... Is anybody else counting it down like I am? I have. Yes, sir. All I'm right. ready to go out yeah, of time. We are counting it down to the final wire on May 30th. All right. So, Jesse, what is one thing that you're looking forward to at the end of the year? Um, more cooking stuff. and. Okay, so you're looking forward to cooking downstairs, yeah. right? Yes. All right. What kind of things are you going to cook? I really don't know yet. All right, so you're... I, I didn't know what to tell I got a... I got a um, uh, my grandma gave me it's a fudge and stuff oh gonna make some fudge i hope you bring some up to share with the rest of us i probably will i got my recipe i have a recipe for that so all right well it's always good to follow a recipe when you're making confectioner items yeah my grandma gave it to me so that's i have a grandma gave it to me that's grandma's good. recipes are the best yeah i know she gave me the recipe so that's good very cool all right to your left we'll move on to james i'm looking forward to uh summer break Looking forward to summer break. Summer break. <laughs> yes, anything sir. anything remaining in this school year, James, that you're looking forward to? Uh, the ILS to, picnic. Oh, the ILS yes. picnic is yes, coming sir. up. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So we'll go out and grill up some hamburgers and hot dogs, and I'll beat you guys playing Uno. <laughs> I, I definitely oh, remember playing no, Uno. Not. Not That's saying. Come on now. All right, who we have after James? It's Dee. What am I looking forward to? I'm basically looking forward to the ILS picnic and me doing a lot of traveling. Doing a lot of what? Traveling. Traveling. Where yes. are you going to travel to? Um, I'm supposed to be going to Disney in May, and also I'm supposed to be going to New Jersey for a wedding. Nice. Make sure you give Mickey a hug for me. 
I will. <laughs> don't don't get goofy down there. I'm not <laughs> gonna <laughs> get goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. I'm yeah. looking forward to having fun and you know trying to live it up with my friends a little bit. You know. Yeah. Especially Andre before he graduates. Uh -oh. yeah, yeah. I can't believe, All right. I can't believe he's graduating. Out. All right. That's been my buddy since childhood. Okay, Peggy, you're up. Hi, guys. My name is Peggy, and what I'm looking forward to this summer is going over to my grandma's and swimming in the pool. Do you swim laps, or you just get in the pool and splash around? and Hang out in there, maybe. I do... I do splash around in the pool, but sometimes I like to swim, too. Okay. All right. That's one of the best workouts you can do is swim. All right, Peggy. Anything you're looking forward to at OSSB before the end of the year? I'm learning to be a pet veterinarian's assistant this year because I like working with pets. Okay. That's great. Favorite animal? Cat? Dog. Dogs, huh? Dogs. All right. A dog person. That's wonderful. Scotty, you're up, bud. The thing I'm looking forward to is going down to the stable every day in the summertime and working with the horses. Yeah. Yep. What, talk about that a little bit. What kind of work with the horses do you do? I dump the wheelbarrows and I get sawdust and clean the stalls and get the hay off the semi. And I, and I water and I um, sweep and then I unload grain from the cars and the trucks and um, uh, move horses a lot. Okay, great. Yep. Yeah, that sounds like you're going to have a fun summer. Well, thank you, Scotty. Yeah. Nice. Here we go. Okay. And up next is Jared. Jared, what are you looking forward to? What I'm looking forward to is Jared, tuning, the, tuning the piano, maybe. That's it. That's it. That's great. <laughs> I, wish I'd have, I wish I'd have taken more time with the piano when I was younger. Maybe the music would be, for the podcast would be better. Oh, you <laughs> yeah. done that, right? There's no way you can get better, Mr. Kelly. Yeah. Right, so you say my stuff sounds like Mario Kart. Nothing wrong with Mario Kart. Hi, my name is John Richard, and I'm the Deputy State Superintendent for the Ohio Department of Education. I am pleased to announce that we are recommending that Dr. Lou Manus be named as the full-time superintendent for the Ohio State School for the Blind. As you're probably aware, Dr. Manus has been acting in the role of interim superintendent for the past year. After listening to the concerns of both staff and alumni, we are pleased to announce that she will now be the full-time superintendent at the Ohio State School for the Blind. Not only is she well-qualified, but she has gone far beyond in advocating for both students and staff there and has worked diligently to have legislators hear concerns, and we now have potentially a large increase in the budget for the school. We are also aware that there are concerns about the future of what this means. This is in no way a precedent saying we will share a superintendent between the two schools. We are at a unique place in time and feel like this is definitely the best decision for both the School for the Deaf and the State School for the Blind presently under Dr. Manus's outstanding leadership. However, in the future, we will always 
look at the situation at the time and make the best decision for our students and our staff. Again, I hope you are ready to welcome Dr. Manus as our full-time superintendent at the State School for the Blind. Hello everyone, Lou Manus here, Interim Superintendent for Ohio State School for the Blind. It is Thursday, April 18th at about 7 p.m. and I am recording this podcast in response to a request from uh, Mr. Dan Kelly. Thank you, Mr. Kelly, for giving me the opportunity uh, to speak to all of our stakeholders. I am particularly excited this evening as today we were able to finish up some draft policies, a large number of draft policies that will be posted online on our websites on uh, Monday, where all stakeholders will be able to go in there and search by category, click on the draft policy, read through the policy, and then they'll be able to comment for a 30-day comment period. This is the first time in a long time, it's my understanding, that uh, we have some updated policies for consideration, and um, that has been a task that is very worthwhile. A large number of people have participated in uh, getting those policies ready. So um, I'd like to take the opportunity just to kind of review a little bit the year and what role that I've played at the uh, State School for the Blind. You know that I was appointed as interim superintendent soon after I came to Ohio last July. And since that time, we've worked on a lot of initiatives. I told the staff the day that um, I was appointed that I was not going to uh, even think about the word interim. I was going to move forward uh, with the mindset that every day that I'm there working with the schools, it is about school improvement and excellence and serving all of our stakeholders. So I'm excited to share, uh, you know, as the superintendent, there are a number of uh, big ideas or core areas that a superintendent must work toward that uh, helps a school system move forward, and that is vision. Uh, without vision, uh, you don't know where you're going. Um, communication, clear, consistent, and ongoing communication. Policy and governance, making sure that you have good policies, that you're governing fairly and you're thinking through carefully every decision that's made. Instruction, uh, teaching and learning is at the core of what we do. And then uh, lastly, our resources, both human resources, physical resources, making sure we're managing our money and getting the um, best for every dollar that we spend of our state's money. So when I think about those five areas and my work at the school, uh, I thought that I would share with you just a few, few things that we've been able to get underway at the school. Um, we do have our strategic planning process in place. We have a great uh, group of core leaders within the school 
that are working on this strategic plan. We are looking at a comprehensive communications plan that includes an annual report of multiple measures, journals, quarterly journals is what we are proposing to uh, send out with a tour guide. We've planned and we are on the verge of implementing our new e-notify system where we will be able to speak to text or email with one click all of our staff, parents, and other stakeholders. We have analyzed a lot of stakeholder feedback this year. We've had stakeholder groups, we've had teacher talks and student focus groups, all of that information bringing together that, that absolutely informs our strategic plan. We have worked diligently to solicit support to improve our website. We've identified a curriculum planning team and we've been working to review scheduling and transcripts, uh, courses and graduation requirements. We have a technology integration plan that we are in the midst of working through and we have submitted something that I'm pretty proud of to the Office of Budget Management for resource support, for review and research of instructional materials, a needs assessment. We've done a lot of work in preparing a budget package for the legislature to consider that will increase our uh, general revenue fund, which is the money that we use to run our schools. Uh, the largest increase in a number of years. And I'm happy to say that I have testified in front of the House of Representative Education Subcommittee, and soon I will be testifying to the Senate Subcommittee. And uh, things look really hopeful. I've, I truly believe that our state leaders are recognizing the need to provide us some funding to move our school, uh, the first public school for the blind in the nation, up in the ranks that other school officials across the nation will want to come and visit. And um, by getting the right resources in place, me, along with other internal stakeholders, believe strongly that the, we can easily do so with sufficient funding. So I put out uh, just recently a superintendent survey that I asked stakeholders, internal stakeholders, to evaluate me. I believe in a process of continuous improvement, not only for our schools, but for myself. And the superintendent evaluation data provided quality feedback on just day-to-day -day functions. I did receive a lot of high marks in a number of areas. Thank you so much. I got a lot of quality comments. There were over 70 comments, and the average response time on the survey was about 20 minutes. So people um, took their time to really provide me an evaluation, and, and I thank them for their time. There were areas that for growth to continue, one of the areas was increasing a 
formal way to celebrate student success to increase instructional technology support, increase professional learning opportunities for all. Uh, they wanted some clarity on the organizational structure and certainly to continue to build increase in all areas of policy and governance, instruction, and human and fiscal resources. So I am absolutely committed as part of that continuous improvement process. When we think of the areas that a superintendent uh, is responsible for uh, with policy uh, and our draft policies being out with curriculum and our curriculum plans that are evolving, the annual report, which will be ready when school starts at the beginning of the uh, school when, when our leaders come back, our teachers and leaders come back, we will have the annual report ready. And with our strategic plan, there's just been a lot of work done revisiting some basic foundational practices that a, that a superintendent should have in place. Gone several years without a superintendent. And I do want to share that I have been recently recognized as Dr. John Richard, the Deputy State Superintendent, recently announced that he is recommending me for the superintendency to become the superintendent at the Ohio State School for the Blind. It is an extreme honor to be considered for this position and I take that consideration very seriously. In May, uh, it will be taken to the state board for their consideration and vote. Dr. Richard has um, put that information out there. He sent an email to um, all the inter internal staff and to some the Alumni Association and to a couple of the other uh, associations to let them know well in advance. I do want you to know that I will continue if I am voted in as your superintendent. I will continue to uh, serve just as I have this year. I do want to, I have a lot of uh, dreams and ideas that are in alignment with many of the staff, the teachers, the students. I, I believe that we can, I have great hopes and dreams. And just as I look at my grandson, who is low vision, and my brother-in-law, who is blind, I live with family members who expect and support uh, the work that I'm doing, and I hope you can support me as well as I work to continue to serve you up until the last day that I am there with you. If I am uh, voted in by the state school board as your superintendent, I hope to serve uh, for a good long time. I am not uh, job hopping. Uh, I am there to roll up my sleeves and work with you day in and day out and uh, look at myself in the mirror every day 
to ensure that I am doing the very best job I can for all stakeholders in a whole child environment, serving our students in all areas that they need so that when they leave the Ohio State School for the Blind, our children are very well prepared to go out into the world and be highly successful in their choice, their uh, chosen field for employment, for life with their families, that they can look back on their days at the Ohio State School for the Blind and say, I had a great education there. I, it was like family, and, and, and I'm better for it. So I hope I didn't take too long. I did want to give you an update on the year. I wanted to let you know how excited I am for the potential opportunity to be your permanent superintendent. And at this point, I will sign off. Again, thank you, Dan Kelly, for giving me the opportunity to speak to you today. Bye-bye. Coming up, we will hear from one of our alumni, Corey Grandstaff. He is talking to the 10th grade career class about the importance of being organized and how he became quite skilled in applying for and using scholarships. I told these guys you were the king of scholarship applications. Yeah, and you know, when uh, Mr. Grimm uh, sent me an email about that, I went back this morning because I actually saved all my scholarship applications and recommendation letters, and so I was trying to figure out what I could tell these guys about scholarships, and I came up with a few different things. Number one, it's about organization, and so like I was telling you, I can go back and find the recommendation letter that Mr. Kelly wrote in 2007 for my scholarships. The other thing that I would say is one of the things I also noticed as I was looking back through my stuff is that after each scholarship that I was awarded, I would make sure to write a thank you letter to the scholarship committee, which actually helped me, I believe, because for some of the scholarships, they're annual. And so, you know, if they keep getting those applications from you, then they remember little things like those thank you letters and things like that. Right. And you started, um, back in high school, if I remember right, you started applying for those your junior year? There actually is one scholarship. I believe it's due in December now, but it used to be in, due in September of your senior year uh, through the Jew Jewish Guild for the Blind. You do not have to be Jewish. Um, but that was one of my larger scholarships. And a lot of the scholarships, they send the check directly to you. And so I was thinking about this this morning. I think... My education expenses so far have been around somewhere around 175,000, and I have not paid any student loans. I don't know who your guidance counselor is, but uh, the guidance counselor would send me scholarships. We would meet probably once a week, um, and then I also had my, you know, teachers like Mr. Kelly, Mr. Shaw, um, that were. Uh, you know, they're helping me through that process. And then I had a supportive network at home too. So my siblings and my family, yeah. uh, you know, but a lot of it was basically just sitting down, looking at the application, outlining, okay, what do I need? And then making sure that I gave, especially my people who were writing re recommendation letters, plenty of time 
to write those recommendation letters. And see, for you guys, you know, being blind or visually impaired, like there are so many different opportunities for scholarships. If you can't find a scholarship, then you're not looking hard enough. Of all the scholarships you applied for, um, how many did you actually like get accepted to or granted? Whatever the word would be. Uh, well, so part of it is like, you have to understand that uh, some of them were local scholarships, and I would say that those were a little bit easier to get than the national ones. Um, but I, I figured it out this morning. I think I applied for, especially my first year, over 50 different scholarships, and I would say I got 25% of them. Um, but a lot of those were national scholarship programs. You know, they were programs hosted by you know, Ronald McDonald and Coca-Cola. And so you're competing against thousands of thousands of other students uh, for those scholarships. One of the other things I actually found as I was looking at some of my old recommendation letters is I noticed that um, the people who wrote the recommendation letters, they, they definitely mentioned my academics, but they really focused a lot on some of those extracurricular things you know, your sports, your community service, your uh, student council, key club, Leo club, uh, your jobs that you have. And that's, I think, what makes you a kind of a unique candidate for scholarships. I mean, there's a ton of people out there that are getting good grades, not to say that grades aren't important, but if you're not a well-rounded person, you know, you're, gonna, you're not gonna have as high of a chance of getting a, a good, like, scholarship. My senior year of high school, I was involved in five different sports, two or three of the different clubs that you guys have there, and had three or four different uh, work experience jobs. Plus did my academics and uh, did classes over at Whetstone High School. So those are the things that make you more of a well-rounded person when you're applying for those scholarships and colleges. Typically, like, how long, how long does an application take to fill out? Well, I would say the first one definitely took longer because I had to get a bunch of those supporting materials together. Um, the actual application part, you know, the demographic information part isn't that difficult. The difficult part that took the longest is the essays um, because you know, just like when you're filling out a uh, resume or a job application, you have to make sure that things are worded correctly, you have to make sure you're spelled and, and grammar checked and used your punctuation and things like that correctly. And so I would say on average, I spent a few hours at least on each application initially and then made sure that I had people look at my essays, two or three people to make sure they were okay and then, and then finally sent them in. So it's a process. So I uh, graduated in 07 and then went right into my undergrad at Grace College right after that for social studies education. So basically I came out ready to teach history. Um, so after I came out in 2012, I think it was, um, I hit the job market at a time when I think every other person decided to go into being a history teacher. And so... Uh, <laughs> I applied for over 250 jobs uh, before I finally got a job out in Washington State. Uh, and it was kind of interesting how it happened. So I actually was applying for a job at your guys' school, and then 
there was a kind of pop-up on the computer that said, you know, click on this button and your application will also be sent to Washington. Oh. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And so uh, did that and took that job in 2012 as a social studies teacher for the Washington State School for the Blind. And then in 2013, I went back for my master's degree and got my teacher of the visually impaired and orientation mobility degree. Wow. And in about 2016, we were starting what was called a short course program. So students would come in for a week to get intensive instruction and a certain skill. And so I stopped teaching history and did that for about uh, a month or two, and then uh, had a, a position come open at my current job at the School for the Blind, which is I manage all of the residential programs. In, in the fall, as long as I get accepted to Washington State University, I'll be going back to get my principal certification. What do you think has, has helped you be the most successful in everything that you've done? I think part of it is uh, just I think having the advocacy skills that I have, uh, you know, I w was a person that when I was told no, that, that to me I heard yes, and so I found a way, you know, to get around that person's no. Gotcha. Um, and so, you know, whether that was in scholarships or working with the state services for the blind uh, to get the technology that I needed, you yeah. know, I wasn't willing to stop when someone said no. So a lot of self-determination and, and drive. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then you, you've sort of gotten involved with some advocacy groups as well, right? Outside yeah, of... Yeah, and it's really funny because I was definitely not an advocacy group person. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, that. Until probably after <laughs> I finished my undergrad. But then I realized because of the field that I'm in, I probably needed to get involved. So, yeah, I'm, I'm involved with the um, National Federation of the Blind out here in Washington. Number one, I feel like that's helped me in the field that I'm in because I get to meet more people in my field. Uh, but also, when it came to getting scholarships and things like that, it was it was connections that I had with people. And that's the thing you have to remember is no matter, you know, you think that a person that you meet in high school will never, you know, you'll never see them again. But actually, one of the reasons I got my first job out here was because of the superintendent, like the community that we work in. Your superintendent my, knew my superintendent, and so that was a connection, right. even though it was, you know, X number of years ago. Corey, when you went to school to be a teacher, did you plan on later on doing orientation mobility and TVI and principal license and all that? No, actually, um, I never wanted to teach at a blind school. My, my goal was to actually go teach in the inner city, um, and I just couldn't get hired. And so, you know, eventually, like, I had to make a choice of do I want to still sit at home on SSI or do I want to take a job and then go do what I want to do later? And so, you know, that was my first initial uh, goal was, okay, I'll take this job at the Washington State School for the Blind. I'll get my three years of experience, and then I'll go do what I really want to do. And then, you know, life just took over, and before I knew it, I was uh, going down another path. So One thing I would also say before we sign off is, you know, it's important. Like, I know you guys are stuck because, I, I mean, dealing with our students, I know you're stuck in the bubble, right? Like, you're there all week or, you're, you know, you spend most of your time there. So it's really important to have activities and friends that are not from the blind school. So that you're more part of the community outside of the school, too. Add to that uh, being more well-rounded and 
and being yep. connected, being connected. Yep. Well, Corey, really appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. Yep. And we got a computer update in the background. That's what we're here. But um, <laughs> thanks, Corey. Thank you. Yeah. Hello, this is Logan. Julia will read the calendar for April and May. Hey guys, this is Julia with the activity calendar for April and May. First off, math, science, and social studies testing is happening from April 1st to May 10th. There is a morning link-up concert with Columbus Symphony Orchestra on April 10th. There is a swim and forensics day meet in Indiana on April 11th. April 17th is the ILS Bake Off, and the 18th we have an early dismissal at 2.30, leading into a four-day weekend for Easter, with school starting back up on Tuesday, April 23rd. There's a walkathon on April 26th at noon. And to wrap up the month of April, interims are due on April 29th. On to May, there's an NCASP Swim and Forensics meet in Indiana on May 3rd, and the teams will return on May 5th. May 9th is the Elementary Arts Festival and is also the day of our prom. May 10th is the ILS and Braille picnic. May 16th is the spring concert at 6.30 p.m. May 17th is step graduation. Senior trip is from May 20th to the 22nd, and also on the 22nd, we have a musical words night at 7 p.m. The 7th and 8th graders have a field trip to a high school ropes course on the 23rd, and that same day is the high school awards assembly. Senior breakfast is at 8.30 a.m. on May 24th, and graduation is the same day at 10 a.m. We have no school on May 27th for Memorial Day. The 28th is the elementary awards assembly. May 29th is the Lions Club Track and Field Day. And the last day of school is May 30th, and we have a dismissal at noon. Well, Easter happens every time this year. So, uh, Ms. Piranha's class is up next, and Mr. Kelly's going to be talking to them. We got something very special for next month's podcast. Something very special. <laughs> you may remember it from last year. Yeah, we do. Last year at the end of the podcast, we, Last got, year. <laughs> we got Mr. Kelly to drop a little rap. Fire bars. As you can hear, my ad-libs are in the background. Background. And the next month, we're going to also do another rap with these two, Sophia and Sarah. Stir, stir. <laughs> and Mr. Kelly, we're going to try to get him to do another bar and Mr. Ramsey, maybe. <laughs> That's fine, boys. I'm ready. Can't wait to see you guys next month. Yeah. Good job. We're going to be talking about the Easter egg hunt that happens every year at OSSB. We're going to talk about something that happened yesterday on April the, what was it, the 17th yesterday? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's April 17th. We had our annual Easter egg hunt, and for some years now we've changed our Easter eggs so that there's something special about them. And, and joining me this morning to talk about the Easter egg hunt is Nicholas. Good morning, Nicholas. Hello. <laughs> All right. And we also have Perseus. Good morning. Hello. And we have Beata. Good morning, Beata. Good morning and hello. Oh, okay. All right. And these guys are in, who's your teacher? Ms. Ms. Perano. Yeah, Ms. Perano. Perano. <laughs> All right. So, uh, guys, how was the Easter egg hunt? It was great. It was really great. I loved it. 
Yeah. So did I. There was chirping to help us, um, yeah. to hear us, and the kids who had vision had to be blindfolded, so it would be fair, because, you know, they'd be picking up all the eggs and everything, but... So, so it was kind of like playing goal ball out there. Yeah! Yeah, everybody yeah. got blindfolded. I had, the excuse, I had the excuse, since I have eyesight, but I don't have it that well, so I, I didn't have to be blindfolded. Okay. For me, it was hard to flip the switch to turn the beeping off, because if you didn't turn the beeping off, people would try to get in your bag, because <laughs> they would still hear the beeping. That part I thought was really funny. People try to gang it was easy for you me. For I think Easter you weren't using yeah. the right switch, because for me, it was easy to flip off the switch. It was like, boop, flip yeah. off the switch. Okay. Definitely. So where did where did we hold the Easter egg hunt? The new playground. Oh, yeah, the new playground. Okay. Yeah. Out here in front of the school. Yes. Okay. We had a long recess too. Yeah, we had to. Yeah. We got to play in the We got to skip after. half of science period. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. the best. Well, and you kind of got your science in with the Easter egg hunt, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you do a little research on how these eggs were made? No. No. Mm-mm. We didn't. Well, it's just a simple circuit with a battery and a speaker. So a lot of people are doing that now. I did some research online. I was trying to figure out when all this got started, but police departments and fire departments and bomb squad units from the military, Lions Clubs, all these guys are making these eggs. You can also buy these beeping Easter eggs from just about anywhere. I first saw um, the Easter eggs on, like, news. They were just a regular, like, beep. Beep, beep noise. They these, songs. Yeah, these sounded like Christmas songs for some reason. Yeah, yeah they were for release. The yeah. originals were just beeping. The ori- okay, so the some of the eggs just did a beep, 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 beep kind of a thing. And yeah, then some of the eggs that's how I saw the originals. Yeah. yeah, and Ohio State put this on, right? Phi Delta Gamma? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they've been doing. They've been coming in and and helping out a lot with yeah. different projects around school. They were our guides and they're really helpful. And thank you. So yeah, the Easter egg was a success. So after you guys found all the eggs, we uh, got our treats and then we had a very long recess. Yeah. So we traded we traded our um, eggs back to Miss Prano for a goodie bag. Okay. And we got candy. Yeah, and it'd you be hard to put candy in those eggs with uh, electronics in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good idea. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of things were in the goodie bags? There was Reese cups. There was uh, like Reese's eggs. There was Laffy Taffy like Hershey's. So there was Hershey's. I def- There was Hershey Kisses. Mm. Twix. There, about, there was how about sweet jelly tarts. beans? No. Tarts. Yeah, I seen those, but I couldn't see the rest of the candy because some of it was melting. Oh. Ew. Yeah. Well, it was. That's almost, why I put it in the freezer. It was almost 80 degrees yesterday. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was. Nice day for an yeah, Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Prano has an Easter treat for us today. So. Oh, she said she was giving that to me. And she oh, wasn't giving wait. it to you guys. She goes, if you could put my guys on the podcast, then I'll give you all their treats. And Yay. I said, deal. Wait. Deal. Wait. Don't um. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't agree with that. All right. Well, well, thank you guys. And we're going to put this on the April 30th podcast. All right. Well, two days, well, three days after my birthday. Podcast. Okay, well, happy birthday. Thank you. How old are you going to be? Happy I'm birthday, Diana. Thank you. I'm going to be 11. You're going to be 11. All right. Happy well, happy birthday 11th birthday to Biata. Happy birthday, Biata. <laughs> happy birthday to you. And with that, we're going to sign off. Bye. Bye. We just heard Miss Parano's class talking about the Easter egg hunt. 
and we talked a little bit about doing some research to figure out when the first beeping Easter egg was made. And joining me is my fourth period class, Logan and Jonathan. Good morning, Logan. Morning. And good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. Okay. And it was a little hard to pin down exactly when the first beeping egg was made, wasn't it, gentlemen? Yes, it was. It was, but we did find some information out there. More importantly, not just when the first one was made, but when it became a nationwide project. It was about four years ago, right? David, David Heisch was his name down in one of my favorite states in the country, Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, has a blind daughter, and her name is Rachel, and lost her vision at four months old. We're going to put a, a link to his news interview in the show notes. You may want to check that out. Um, did an interview about making beeping Easter eggs. He found an easier way to design a beeping Easter egg. He talked to a guy in Los Angeles who was making beeping Easter eggs. Yeah, he sure did, and he sort of tweaked his design a little bit, like Jonathan was saying, and found a a simpler and a cheaper way to, to make the beeping Easter eggs. And it was real interesting. It was a collaboration of a lot of people, wasn't it, Jonathan? Yes, it was. It was a combination between military, police, and ATF. A lot of civilians got involved, too. That's right. Uh, People in churches got involved and put in all kinds of time and money. I believe ATF, according to the video, was was giving about $10,000 a year. This sort of morphed into a nationwide project. Do you remember what it was called? So, Logan, you remember what that was called? The right. Rachel Project. The Rachel Project, right. And that was named after who, Jonathan? His daughter. Yeah, his daughter, Rachel. So that she could go out there and join in those Easter egg hunts independently. And what's what's neat about this project is they're giving these eggs or making them available to schools for the blind across the country, uh, to groups like National Association of Parents of Visually Impaired Children, to make these Easter egg hunts available. That was very interesting stuff, wasn't it, guys? Yes. Yes, it was. It sure was. All right. Well, thanks for helping us do the research on finding out the origin of the beeping Easter egg. I am sitting here with four of our seniors this afternoon. They are in my eighth period class. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. And we got Taylor and we got Chantel. Hi, Chantel. Hi. How you doing, Chantel? Good. All right. Very good. And we got Troy over hey. here. Hey. Hey, Troy. How you doing? I'm doing great. All right. You guys realize you just had your last final spring break That's as a sad. student at OSSB. Yay. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yes. yes. Amazing. That is, that is amazing. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about it being your last spring break? Um... I feel kind of happy because next year I don't have to get up ready for school anymore. So I don't have to. So, so I don't have to get up and get dressed and get ready for school. Yeah, yeah. but you're, you're still gonna be getting up. You're still gonna be getting up for work, right? Yeah, only for work. Okay. 
All right. So, yeah, that's great. And uh, what you what you do exciting over your, your final spring break, Chantel? Um, I had raisin canes, chicken, and I had McDonald's. Yeah. And did you uh, get a state ID? Yes. Did I hear that? Yeah. Yeah. I have it, it on my wallet now. I was... When it came in, I was so happy. <laughs> I bet you were. And my, my stay ID has a star on it. Yeah? Oh, cool. All right. Hey, that's great. And you'll need that state ID when you go to get a J-O-B. Yes. Right? Okay. Oh, I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's go over to Constance now since you guys are sort of on the same mic. Yes. I had a great spring break and... Um, I went to Walmart with my dad and his girlfriend. We got some stuff to make like like a pasta dish with like shrimp and spinach and tomatoes, and we had garlic toast. And um, what else did I do? I watched the February podcast over because I needed to hear about the step program that I'm going to be attending next year. So you're coming back and doing the step program. Mm-hmm. That's Great. correct. Oh, that's wonderful. Right. Yep. Okay. All right. So let's come across the table to Troy. How was your break? It was good. Good. Um, Well, over the break, I did listen to the February edition of the LSSB podcast. I liked it. I mean, I liked the when when Mr. Lee was uh, part of the Little MCs that interview. I did like the part of the Valentine's Day uh, clips that they were on. I was sad. I missed that. Yeah. I I wasn't there for that. Um, I'm trying to figure out what else. Um, oh yeah, Mr. Northup's retirement. Uh, oh yeah. Speech, you know that was good. Yes. I was there for that. <laughs> Friday on the 29th of March. This this was at my dad's. I had a burger and fries from I think it was from McDonald's. And Saturday for dinner we had a uh, pizza from Sperano's. Yeah, I was I I was going to say Sperano's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, then, that's uh, that's yeah. your go-to pizza place, isn't it? Yeah, if I'm at my dad's, it's my go-to pizza. I gotcha. Um, Good. Well, Sunday, uh, for the last day, uh, we did have uh, pizza at my mom's house. It was Don Gino's. Okay. And- All right. <laughs> let's, let's jump over here to Taylor real quick and talk about her spring break. Well, on my spring break, I didn't necessarily do very much because of having my nephew, but we, I don't remember honestly exactly everything that we did, but I know that I went to Softies. Okay. The ice cream? Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. That just, the name Softies just makes you think. Of Mr. Softy. Of ice cream. To <laughs> me, makes me think of ice cream. They sell more than just ice cream. They also sell like regular foods. Oh, okay. But they do have like really good milkshakes and stuff. So sort of like hamburgers and hot dogs. That yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to clear up regular food a little bit. <laughs> All right. So now we're in the... The final part of the year, right? Yes, we are. Okay, yes. everybody excited about the last part of your senior year? Yes. 
Okay. Honestly, no. But. Oh, we got a little nervousness going on, it sounds like. <laughs> I'm happy. Okay. I'm not nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm not. I'm ready to leave. Me too. <laughs> yeah, the well, ready, but I'm not. you all say that, but you'll be back in the next few years, right? Yeah. <laughs> As your alumni focus. Are you sure you don't want us to stay out, Mr. Kelly? I'm, I'm pretty sure you O-U-T, want us to... O-U-T, right? I'm pretty sure you want us to get out and leave permanently. <laughs> No, I always want you to come back, and I want you to come back successful Mm -hmm. so that you can share with people that are behind you guys, that are younger than you guys, you know, you can be a good model for them. So that's when I want you to come back. So big plans. Who has big plans for the summer and the upcoming year? I do. Okay, go ahead and tell us about that. Um, I'm going to see Florida's Virgin Line concert. Obviously, y'all know that. (laughs) I've been Mm -hmm. telling you guys since January. Um, and then I'm going back here for ECC and band camp. Mr. Kelly's not going to say O-U-T until after ECC. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and then we're going, I'm going to Virginia Beach with my grandma, my grandpa, my dad and his girlfriend, and my brother and my dad's girlfriend's sons and my grandma. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. So I'm coming back coming back for the STEP program next year. That's correct. If uh, you want to hear about that, catch, uh, go to the February podcast and listen to Alex and Miss King. That's right. That's on the February podcast. Mm-hmm. I did a good job with that interview. All right. Chantel, how about you? Um, well. You getting a job this yeah. summer? All right. I'm going to get up office job all right gonna get an office job and i'm gonna have someone work with, with me and a job coach yeah job coach and then in october i'm going to florida because i can't go to florida when I, for my birthday this year because i'm it's gonna be too much for me because i'm graduating and i have things to do yeah okay what about the summer what are you doing this summer well, we can get a canopy. <gasps> cool. So I can be outside because I can't take the sun. Then we, and we get a uh, porch fix. Oh, that's good. Yes. All right. Well, it sounds like you got some great things coming up. Yes, there. we are. Going to work, going to work, and all that. So that's wonderful. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's bring it over around the Kelly's Island. Back to Troy and Taylor. Which one of you guys would like to go first well i'm planning on getting a job at dewey's pizza because i've had the most experience over there because i was in vocational class with miss uh lagrasso's class i that i was in Uh i'm not sure what else i'm doing over the summer but all i know is that you know the dewey's job gotcha yeah that's good that is excellent glad that you all have plans how about you taylor um, well, this summer I'm going to Myrtle Beach in South Carolina on June 8th, and then I'm going on August 4th, I'm going to go see the Imagine Dragons, because so, they're playing in the Canton Rock Hall of Fame. Okay, so that'll be, sounds like a good concert to go to there. <laughs> I love the Imagine Dragons. Um, Couldn't you imagine if we got Imagine Imagine Dragons and uh, Florida George Line together? Yeah, that that, that would never happen. I hate to bust your bubble. That's a couple of different 
styles of music there, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So. I know Florida Georgia Line and Backstreet Boys got together as a group. Oh. Song together. Okay. So, you know, we just want to wish you the best of luck. Of course, we'll hear from you before you graduate. Yes. But I yep. uh, wanted to make sure I sat down with you guys and, you know, try to do that with all the seniors and talk about what you envision happening after you graduate. So thank you guys for joining once again on the podcast and sharing what you want to do. Have a good day, guys. Have a good day with all the kids up at the school and school. Yeah. See you guys for graduation. Long voyage. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. With prom only a month away, preparations are already underway. Here to talk to us is one of the preparation committee, Ms. Parrish. Hi, Ms. Parrish. Hi, Emily. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> Thanks for being here. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions about prom. Sounds good. First of all, what do you have planned for this prom? Well, this year's prom is going to be a little different. Our theme is red carpet Hollywood glitz and glamour. So a lot of elements of film and just kind of fancy Hollywood. That's interesting. Yeah, so our prom this year, in correspondence with the theme, is going to be at the Grandview Movie Theater. Well, that's perfect. So yeah, we will have our standard evening of food and dancing, but it will take place in the theater itself, and then our after prom will actually be to see a movie at the theater. Wow, that's probably going to be at midnight. Um, hopefully a little earlier. We're hoping to be back to school around midnight. <laughs> I know most years you don't get back to like one or two, and then whoever was there who are residential get to sleep in and get donuts. So, yes, yeah, so we'll see how it goes this year. We are hoping to be back a little earlier. Um, we're still ironing out the plans for the next day, too. Oh, of course. Yeah, so still have a little about a month to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And what day is prom this year? It is on May 9th this year. That's early. Yeah, so it's a little bit earlier, but um, as you know, our calendar fills up very quickly once May hits. <laughs> I feel like at the school we have something going on every day. So we got it on the calendar early. And we're excited to do it. All right. So we will probably be checking back in around May sometime in order to see how prom went. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. So how was the walkathon, Miss Moore? The walkathon was good. Constance and I were able to get 15 laps in. Oh, that's impressive. And it, the weather turned out a little better. It was cold at first, but once you kept walking, you got warmer. Definitely. It was fantastic. Got lots of laps in. It was great to see the whole school out here walking and getting laps in. Definitely. I agree with you there. Next month is going to be a special month. It's the end of the year podcast. Uh, the students have really got some great things lined up for us to listen to. And we're going to do a take two of something that happened last year. Actually, Andre, Sarah, and Sophia did a take earlier but uh, Mr. Kelly didn't save the file before the computer restarted, so you get my announcement for that uh, instead of theirs, and theirs was probably a lot better. So we'll see you, and we'll see what that's all about next month. Thank you for joining us uh, for this month's podcast. This podcast could, could not, not be, would not, not be what it is without you. you. So thank you once again for giving us an hour this month. 
We will be back in May with all the exciting highlights of what's happening at OSSB at the end of the year. And if you have any feedback, you can reach Mr. Kelly at... dkelly at ossb.oh.gov See you guys next month.